You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. All right, welcome back to Bears Nation Podcast. This is the Bears versus Raiders recap show. It is a tough loss for the Bears who have gone down 24-21 to 21 to the Oakland Raiders. Today joining us is Raiders superfan and Twitter enthusiast, Sean Hildebrandt. Sean, uh, how's it going, buddy? Hey, how's it? Real good, man. Uh, obviously happy after a win, but uh, nonetheless, just enjoying the Sunday and the weekend. Yeah, so it was a wild game in London. You could say an upset by the Oakland Raiders. Both teams now stand at 3-2. and Uh, Again, it was a tale of two halves. The Raiders go up 17-0 in the first half. And then in the second half, the Bears come roaring back to take the lead, 21-17. But a late Josh Jacobs touchdown gives the Raiders the lead uh, and eventually the win. So I guess we'll start with that man right there. Josh Jacobs, 123 yards on 26 carries, two touchdowns with a long of 21. Huge game for him. Unexpected, really, against a very stout Bears Mm. defensive front, but that was not the case today. The Raiders got the best of them uh, in the trenches. What do you make of that, Sean? Yeah, I think um, Josh Jacobs has been an absolute highlight and a prize and joy of those draft picks that we accumulated. We obviously had three first rounders, and that's what we get for, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but for dealing Khalil Mack, dealing Amari Cooper, um, building all that draft capital, you wanted to see it come to fruition. And Josh Jacobs, since the first game of the season, a Monday football game against Denver, who has a solid defense as well, they went right at the teeth of the defense, and he's able to do things. And um He's done really well. He, he he's he's elusive and he just he breaks a lot of tackles. I'm sure you saw him today. And for a guy that you know kind of didn't shoulder the whole load at Bama, you never know with the Bama players because they're so spoiled with the talent around them. But he's really just if if he's going, it gives this team confidence because Carr isn't the best player, uh, best quarterback downfield, and he struggles with decisions at times, even when he has a clean pocket. But Jacobs, absolutely. I mean, we looked against the Vikings game. He had lost 10 pounds the week prior because he was sick. He had the flu and whatnot. So he did not play well in that game, and we got just blitzed by them. And uh, against the Chiefs, we really didn't get him going because we fell behind so far in the second quarter against the Chiefs. But from the get-go, you could see Josh Jacobs was just able to get things going. And that's what Gruden did with this offensive line. He he got monsters on the O-line. They're really big guys like Trent Brown. We paid him a ton of money from the Patriots. But if you watch him play... I mean, he he's he doesn't even look real. I've seen him in person when he was out here in Hawaii uh, this past summer, but just a gigantic dude. And even the depth guys were playing with the O-line. They just had a good game plan. They played double tight end sets. We were short in the wide receiver group. We're down to depth reserves, essentially, at that position. And uh, if, if, if there was any way we were going to win the game, it was going to be Josh Jacobs going. And I think the Bears knew that. So um, we're really excited to see him as Raider fans uh, play the way he did. Yeah, certainly. And unfortunately for the Bears, they had a tough break in the first quarter when Akeem Hicks dislocated his elbow. Mm-hmm, actually quite mm-hmm. a gruesome injury. So right off the bat, they go down one of their top defensive players. But even then, you know, last week that Bears front seven stopped Dalvin Cook, one of the top right. rushers in the league, without Absolutely. Akeem Hicks. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, honestly, credit to John Gruden. And again, the tr- I mean, it, it was just total domination from Oakland in the trenches throughout the game. The Bears had no answer 
for again Josh Jacobs, even you know Washington and Rashard had a few nice runs here and there. But the mm-hmm. O line, I mean, it really boiled down to the O line making the holes. It seemed like every time they were getting the ball, it was it was an easy five yards, and the Bears weren't doing too much. But let's talk about that man you brought up earlier, Khalil Mack, right? And we don't have to necessarily get into the whole trade, mm-hmm. but the Raiders right. really neutralized him in this game. You know, all of us here at Bears Nation podcast, pretty much all of Bears Nation collectively figured, you know, this is the Khalil Mack revenge game. It's the return of the back. He was going to go crazy mm-hmm. uh, and have that fight. But, you know, they, they did a good job of game planning him and, you know, kind of shutting him down. So how did the Raiders go by doing that? And, and you know, what was their idea going into the game for Khalil Mack? Well, obviously, I think, you know, we know as fans what a huge, huge talent he was. He's just a one-man wrecking ball. And you guys have so many other foundational pieces around him on the defense. It makes him even more dangerous. But I think what happened is, you know, the way he moved around the line a little bit, they always accounted for him. And um, he's lined up against a bunch of different people. They let him play his game. Uh, Colton Miller, who is kind of a controversial pick we had a couple of years ago out the draft, put on 30 pounds this offseason. He's a big dude, semi-athletic, not the best hips and hands, but he, he held his own. And when Trent Brown, he can take care of that assignment. Um, again, they played double tight end sets. They brought an extra offensive lineman. They kind of ran away from him sometimes. And they also just played gap control offense where you can ignore the player and just stick to the plan of where the ball's going. And sometimes if you do that, when you have a player like Mac, you know, all juiced and hyped up to, to make a name for himself in this game, sometimes he's overrunning the play. And um, it, it, and that's an advantage with a back like Josh Jacobs because he can put his foot in the ground and make you pay for it and get, you know, five or six uh, rather than a lot of these running backs that we've had prior would move laterally and, you know, get a one or two yard gain. So I, I think Mac had a nice game. I just think he didn't have a huge game, obviously. And a lot of that's because Derek Carr gets rid of the ball extremely fast in this offense, this West Coast offense that John Gruden has. So, you know, you don't get a lot of big downfield strikes from Derek Carr in this offense, but you do have like a sound control rhythm. And that, that's the best way Carr can play with his uh, limitations. But it was cool to see, see Khalil Mack. And uh, we were all kind of hope. I was kind of hoping to see Carr get sacked at least once just to see kind of how they jarred one back and forth. But uh, fun to watch out there. Yeah, so as a Raiders fan, you kind of brought it up. What what was that experience seeing Khalil Mack on the other side for the first time against your former team? Again, you just kind of mentioned you you almost rooted for him to get a sack just mm-hmm. to see again the interaction between Carr and Mack. But just going into it, a guy who's you know a franchise player for you guys, and just the way that whole situation played out, uh, what was that like as a Raiders fan? Yeah, I mean, it, it it was difficult. I remember that summer, that whole summer thinking, you know what, they'll just get it done right before the season comes. It doesn't matter. He doesn't need any snaps in camp. He don't, doesn't need off season. Gruden's here. He knows he has a foundational, you know, defensive star. And at the time, he was really high on, you know, Derek and some other pieces we had. And that's not going to happen. And when it happened, you know, living out in Hawaii, you're, you're kind of shortchanged. So when I woke up, my phone was just crazy everyone was hitting me up and i was like oh my goodness we did it so it is very tough to shoulder but um you know after 2017 we offered him to be the you know highest paid defensive player in the league him and his agent wisely decided to wait and when his time was due he deserved every every dime of that money but i guess for whatever reason gruden has a big ego he's essentially getting a hundred million dollar contract as a gm He's as a coach, he is the GM, right? So yeah. with make Mike Mayock here, I don't think that would have happened previously. That was with Reggie McKenzie, but you know, 
things things happened, and we're happy to have the draft capital to build young. We had so many holes, anyways. But um, you know, it, it's very strange. We we all wish him the best. I don't think too many people have like really serious ill will towards Khalil Mack. But um, yeah, it, it it was strange. We knew it was coming the whole off season, but I I think it's like super enjoyable to be like, yep, we got the win. You know. Yeah. No, totally. And, you know, that Bears defense just in general accorded zero sacks on the day, zero mm -hmm. tackles for loss, which is which is, again, Crazy. you know, this Bears defense is yeah. you know, arguably the best in the league. I mean, you're talking about mm -hmm. playmakers at every single level, mm -hmm. but the Raiders, man, they, you know, you mentioned the West Coast offense and their ability to get the ball out quick, and that certainly worked. I mean, yeah. again, there, I don't, there weren't many 20-plus yard plays, if any mm -hmm. at all, that no. I can think of from the Raiders' side of the ball, but, you know, that it's almost excruciating as a Bears fan because I'd rather see, you know, <laughs> one 50-yard play right. than seven or eight, five yard plays, you know, yeah. and, and that that's what the painful thing was. But, uh, you know, just going back to that, uh, that, that uh, Oakland offense going up against that bears defense, Derek Carr is a guy that I don't think many bears fans were too worried about, but he comes out, does 25 for 32, 229 yards with a 63.7 QBR. So not the greatest day, but a productive mm. day. Nonetheless, what did you make mm -hmm. from Derek Carr in this one going up against this bears D? Um, it, it is what it is from Derek. I, I'm, I kind of have my own thoughts of him as a franchise quarterback moving forward. I, I think he's he, he's a he's not a game manager and he's not he excels in the clutch. He has a lot of fourth quarter comebacks in in college. He played in Fresno State in the spread offense and he's kind of the best when we run hurry up or four or five wide. So this is like really different. He's under center. He's a really smart guy pre snap. Carr's limitations are when the play is developing, he's not the type of guy that's going to throw people open. Like, like you guys know Aaron Rodgers, right? He'll throw people open. <laughs> They're blanketed in coverage, but he'll throw the ball and give him a chance in the basket. Carr is, he needs to see the wide open guy. He needs to scan the field, and that's something he lacks, you know, polish at as well. But regardless, for him, it's big. Like I said, Josh Jacobs doing what he did on the ground today, that takes away so much pressure from Carr. And coming up 17 nothing, you saw how we imploded. Carr missed a lot of throws in the second half. He didn't scan the field correctly. I mean, that was the Bears to win. So, yeah, Carr's got to learn. He's got to still look at the film. Um, and, and we'll see. But at the end of the day, that last drive when he came down the field, that, that was impressive. And that's something we're like semi used to even post injury after, you know, his incredible 2016 season. So uh, all in all, you know, uh, me personally, I'm happy, uh, but I know some Raider fans are like really ecstatic from, from what Carr's doing, but three and two, we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, the way you describe Derek Carr is the way a lot of people right now are describing Mitchell Trubisky of the Chicago right, Bears, right? right? He's not a guy that's going to necessarily mm -hmm. make absurd plays all the time, but, mm -hmm. you know, he, he's proven to be pretty clutch in the fourth quarter. And again, he, you don't want to call him a game manager, but, right. you know, he just gets the job done when he's productive. But the current no. quarterback for today was Chase Daniel, and boy, did he not look great. Uh, 49 <laughs> QBR. You know, he he was making some nice throws throughout the game. He really was. Yeah. You got to credit him to that. Mm -hmm. He was 22 for 30, 231 yards, two touchdowns. But obviously, the thing that's going to stand out at the end of the day are those two interceptions yeah. and even those four sacks. I mean, he showed poor pocket presence all day. But, uh, you know, the, the Raiders did a good job of pressuring 
the Bears' offensive mm-hmm. line as well. And the Bears' offensive line is a serious, serious issue. And I know mm-hmm. me and my guys will talk more about that. But Kyle Long, who is back this week from injury, did not look great. And mm-hmm. it seemed like the Bears, I mean, the Raiders' front seven, without, uh, you know, a lot of those, Clement Farrell uh, was not in the game today, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so, has uh, perfect as right, well. Right. Well, and you yeah. won't see him for another 12, but yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, and we don't have to get into that. But no. nonetheless, you know, that, that Raiders' front seven, uh, you know, what did they do to get after this, this Bears O line, which, you know, was a top 10, top 12 unit last year, but haven't showed it thus far this year? So, what did the Raiders do well to get after that Bears O line in this one? Well, I think what, what they excel at is um, this whole year, really. Um, Besides Dalvin Cook in Minnesota against the Vikings, the Raiders' run defense has been very, very sound. So if you're a Bears fan, I wouldn't be like super largely discouraged. We don't have these big stars on defense, but they do play sound and they get in the the run gaps. And that's something Paul Gunther did very well in Cincy for a, a pretty pretty long stretch before he was relieved of his duties and brought in here. So. Um, you know, they play downhill, they use their speed laterally. And um, when I looked at this game, I looked at the Bears and I said, okay, the Bears are three and one. I said, but they've scored 16 points a game. <laughs> so the way I looked at it was if the Bears can't run the ball, it, it's going to be, we're going to have a chance. And that's what happened. You guys rushed for 45 yards today and you can't win the NFL doing that unless you have a premier quarterback, which is you know, Chase Daniels is not that. So I think what they did is they set out to take away the easy run lanes and put a little like zone cover pressure up front and said, all right, Chase, throw the ball. And he did. He did well. And and he had moments at times. And other times he looked like a journeyman backup, which is what he is. But I guess you got to roll the dice in this league. And, you know, sometimes you got to just say, hey, we'll, we'll we'll take the loss if Chase Daniels can beat us. And in the end, even though he brought you guys to the sticks down within field goal range, he, he coughed up a bad throw. I don't know why he threw that last interception. It was a little bit of a miscommunication. But overall, the front seven is all smoke and mirrors. We don't have a Pro Bowl guy. We don't have anyone that's going to jump out on film. But collaboratively as a group, they're kind of making it work. And that's kind of the same thing as this whole time, whole team, really, we don't have many stars. So. Yeah. I mean, again, a credit credit to their front seven. And again, if if you're a bears fan listening, this offensive line is an issue and we'll get more to that later. Um, I want to talk a little bit of just about how this game kind of played out. I mentioned it earlier, you know, Raiders go up 17, zero, Everyone's looking at this game like, holy smokes, what are the Raiders doing here in London? And the Bears fans are freaking out. They don't know what to do. And then in the second half, you kind of get to see what the Bears are really about. They started making stops on defense, start getting the takeaways that they know how to make. Uh, but it first all started with that offensive miscue when Derek Carr kind of did a no-look toss pass uh, that Josh Jacobs just did not see. And it was covered by the Bears. And then, you know, I-, I see some of your tweets here talking about, you know, uh, Gruden's replay. Um, and yeah. some people criticizing him for that and just the you know the lack of second half adjustments uh, against the Bears and kind of how that played out there uh, in in the early beginnings of that second half so what do you make of that um, what has that it seems like it's been a trend a little bit for Oakland throughout the year but um, is, is that an issue um, well yeah like okay so Early in this season, we had a similar miscue. We were up 10-0 against the Kansas City Chiefs. We were 
executing every game plan. And, and Carr was down in the red zone at one point in that game, and he called it audible. He's very heady above the shoulders, so he recognized something in the coverage. He called an audible, and he wanted to throw like a quick goal line um, fade in the end zone of Tyrell Williams. They weren't on the same page. It was an easy mm-hmm. interception. Took the air out the team. This was similar. He, he recognized a check. It was going to be like a regular run. He was going to stick the ball in Josh Jacobs' stomach for whatever reason. It's loud or, you know, you have a rookie running back. So sometimes they're not as quick as an inclined to pick up everything that a, journey, that a veteran quarterback like Carr is. So whatever reason, a lot of people are blaming Josh Jacobs. I get it. You can see the offensive line was pulling to run a toss. Jacobs obviously looked like he was going to get the ball in his hand, but this happened the other game too between them. This is the second bad exchange they've had. So, Carr, you got to deal with those kind of issues. I, I I think the blame is shared. You're a franchise quarterback. He pulled his head out real quick after tossing that ball. I almost thought it was like one of those running back toss, and Carr was going to run around the end, and and it was going to be a pass back to him because he was bailing out so quick to seal off that that weak side defensive end in the play. It was really strange, but those are the kind of plays we live with with Derek Carr, and uh, I don't know how we overcame it because that play really changed the game. The Bears roared back after that, but the the door somehow closed, and we got out of there with a win. Yeah, absolutely. You saw the Bears go down, scored three consecutive touchdowns unanswered. Mm-hmm. Allen mm-hmm. Robinson had two of them. He yep. looked really, really good. Oh, Allen yeah. Robinson had a, had a hell of a catch again. I kind of mentioned it that Gruden challenged uh, the, the right foot toe tap on the sideline. That was incredible. Anthony Miller um, had a, a nice catch down. Uh, near the red zone but again it just wasn't enough in the end and it, it really shockingly it's almost been a trend throughout the year for the Bears defense they've they've led some of these teams even in games mm-hmm. that are blown out against the Redskins they did it as well they let teams go down the field in the fourth quarter and there was just no stopping Oakland so the Bears are definitely gonna have to take the bye week to regroup and the Oakland Raiders are also heading to the bye week correct uh yes correct yeah, so, I mean, at this point, I'm sure you and a lot of people didn't expect your Oakland Raiders to be 3-2, and two, but right now they stand at the same exact record as the Chicago Bears. So both mm-hmm. teams uh, heading into the bye with the same record, but almost mm-hmm. with different approaches, right? The Raiders oh, yeah. are almost grateful to be 3-2, and, and mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're not going to slow down by any means, but while the Bears are expected to be a little better than 3-2, and two, so they're going to have to regroup. But just future outlook for both teams, uh, you know, again, seeing that they're both 3-2 and two into the bye week, finishing out the rest of the season after that, uh, you know, do you have any big predictions here for the Raiders who are at 3-2? and two? Um, Not essentially. I mean, what I've been saying, I try to be practical as I can. Uh, looking around on the AFC... The AFC is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. It, it really is. And there's quarterback after quarterback is out. There's injuries. I mean, the only locks are the Patriots, the Chiefs. And then after that, like, you begin to, you know, tippy-toe and pick up teams like the Ravens and the Bills. And But if as it stands today, Oakland's a wild-card team. And I think that's, honestly, I think that's realistic for them. Um, again, not because how great the Raiders are. I think they're still rebuilding. And I think next year's draft with those two first rounders still going to help Gruden going to Las Vegas for location, really add some premier pieces. But, hey, the AFC is wide open. So who cares if we can get into the playoffs? That'd be a great thing. For, we have a very young team right now. 
So a lot of these 22-year-old, 23-year-old guys get a chance to, to, to get a taste of the playoffs. That'd be great. But um, th- th- that's what we're looking at. So uh, I, I don't know. Uh, we, we need some health back. Um, our starting right guard, Gabe Jackson, is like a Pro Bowl type. So the O-line has played very well. So with him coming back, the O-line will even look better. So um, and like I said earlier, the more time, the more running game Derek Carr has, the the better he can play, and that that'll help accelerate, you know, the the win percentage of this team. So as of now, I think they're somewhere between a seven to a nine win team, and this is probably John Gruden's signature win. So for Bears fans, you guys are probably like, God, this is the worst time that Gruden can get his signature win against Khalil Mack, but. It, it really is. Last year we were four and twelve. We're three and two out the gates right now. So you know, as it stands, Gruden, I, a lot of credit to him. I didn't like the way he challenged that that catch. Um, it, it seems like he's emotionally controlled sometimes, yeah. rather than being more methodical and thinking through things. But um, that's the kind of passion and person he is. You live and die with it. Um, but regardless, yeah, I think the outlook for the Raiders is is pretty positive again because the AFC is it's terrible. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I would totally agree. And obviously, that John Gruden passion is something we saw in this locker room video that's going viral. Mm-hmm. You know, some yeah. people are saying he's mocking <laughs> the Bears, so I'm not too oh, happy to no. see that. Um, I hope he is. But you know, yeah. That that's what people are saying because he's talking about the disco ball, the dancing. But hey, it is what it is. You know, you gotta you gotta love the passion that he brings to the table. But nonetheless, you know, it was a great game in London. Cool for those players and the fans to experience that whole international, uh, the, the whole international thing. But the Raiders come out of it with a win, 24-21. Both teams move to three and two. Sean, it was good having you on. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And um, I really hope it's a positive outlook going forward uh, for the Chicago Bears. I mean, you know, that division's tough every year and now the weather's going to start changing and I know your games are going to get uglier. So at least you have a, a defense if they can right the ship that, you know, Chase or Mitch coming back or whatever combination of those, you can do enough. But um, uh, it was super fun, and hopefully all the fans that were out there in London from both teams, respectively, had a blast. I hope one year I get to go out there and watch a game. But, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. An absolute pleasure, and I can't wait to retweet you guys and get you on my timeline. And hopefully I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so I kind of have a lot of Notre Dame fans are Bears fans. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that they're, they're, we kind of like are nice to each other on Saturdays. And today they're like not talking to me, but hopefully they'll listen to your podcast if they haven't already. But uh, thanks again, man. Really, really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. We'll get this circulated <laughs> on Twitter. You guys will be on the lookout for that. You guys can give Sean a follow, interact with him. I'm sure he'll respond to you. Don't say anything mean again. He, he doesn't, he is a Raiders <laughs> fan, but he doesn't represent the team. He's just, <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Good stuff, and we'll see you guys next week for the bye week uh, show. Again, thanks, Sean, and bear down.